0: and sit down. um we're in my chat room on my website tonight because people were having so many problems with the blog talk chat room. So if you're over in the blog talk chat room and you're wondering where everybody is, um they're on my website. Uh I would also like to ask everybody in my website chat room even though it says that you're allowed to post pornographic images um in the chat room, and you are, I would prefer that you not do it while I'm on the air because I might find it very super distracting. Okay. (laughs) That'd be great. Thank you. Um, so no, no dick pics, please. Um, while we're, um, doing this thing on the podcast. Um, but otherwise feel free to post any amount of dick you'd like in my chat room at any other day. Um, Tasteful dick. You know, nothing disgusting. I don't want to see any bodily functions beyond coming, okay? (laughs) Those are perfectly okay. And for those dudes who who listen to my podcast, um, who aren't really um, actually um, fans of my work as a writer, don't come to my website. It's full of gay porn. You might like that. If you do, come to my website. But if you don't, then don't, because I don't want to hear your shit. Okay, uh, because my audience on Blog Talk is 65% male over the age of 45, and let's just assume that you're probably not going to like this magical butt sex tour I've got going on on my, on my website. All right. Um, <clears throat> tonight we're going to talk about was it a magical mystery butt sex tour i forget or a mystery magical butt sex tour either way there's a lot of butt sex on our website and you know if if that's your deal then you can come right over there and check it all out um the magical butt sex mystery tour yeah and for, for those of you who are in the chat room your um your foul language won't be uh Censored in the chat room. I don't. I don't have any adult censors on um, the chat room because because that, that's my shit and I can control uh, that kind of thing. Um, at one time, I think I had spork censored. I'm, I'm not sure if I still do um, because it's a stupid pairing name for st- just stupid. Anyway, anyway, um, tonight. Julie is going to be on the air and we're going to talk about um, nope it's not censored it used to be maybe in my old chat room anyways um, we're going to talk about readership and craft and um, decisions and craft decisions that you make and whether or not you need to um, consider your audience when you're doing that okay did you get your phone situation worked out I did, I did, but I was like, am I, <laughs> am I muted or no? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just tethered. So there will be no random pacing. I'll have to get all my energy dealt with. Through <laughs> just a pure wild hand candy. Candy. Yeah, just, just hand candy. Candy. Just That's candy. right. <laughs> <sighs> I done so much hand <laughs> waving sometime on the air. I made myself sweaty. Sometimes when I'm describing plot and I'm like I totally like do that whole hill thing with the climax, I have my hand way above my head. Sometimes my husband will stick his head in the door and watch me just for pure entertainment. Like I'm doing this in front of you guys, like you guys can actually see me, which is a great thing that you can't because
1: Sometimes you get it isn't looking good over
0: here right now. <laughs> I'm not naked. I'd tell you <laughs> if I was. I don't give a shit. Um I'm not I, but I did it I did I'm not sure when chair. I brushed my hair today. I'm, I'm not don't sure I, I brush did brush my hair, my hair
1: today. today. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: well, I, I think I've so only it, done one a... show naked with you. I not totally naked, just like mostly naked, but it was hot. <laughs> now she tells me. <laughs> <laughs> I no, I'm going to go, all right, everybody, well, I'm naked. That, think about that. i almost <laughs> naked. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm currently wearing a bra. It's a sports bra. Does that count? Because if, if I don't wear a bra, I get sweaty. If, if you're not swinging free, bra, it counts. Girls high. I even think those towels count as a bra. I think so too, probably. I have to keep my girls high, or or or, or they're not dry. <laughs> this is true, no, but. but uh, I figure that's what when you're a double D. I'm 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 way bigger than a double D. Are you really? Yeah. Oh way. Somewhere between a G and an H. It depends on the bra. Really? Yeah. I am working my way towards a. Um, I have seen the Tata towels. I shared them. I want one. I'm um. Yeah. I'm totally on board with that. I need it. Anyways, um, you had an interesting experience. Do you want to share it? I mean today? Or actually it, was, it wasn't today, yes, I, it was not yesterday or the day before. Oh, I had mentioned when you and Lady Holder were chatting about plots for November, I mentioned in the chat room that I had almost convinced myself, I was like 75% of the way there, convincing myself to um, write write the November Challenge in first person. Um, and I have written a lot of first person in the past. I just haven't done it a lot um, in the last decade because um, I prefer third person. So, um, Anyway, so I had mentioned I'd almost convinced myself to write in first person because a lot of that genre is written in first person. It's not like it's a requirement, but it is a really a hallmark of the genre that it has a disproportional amount of first person um, stories. So I mentioned that. So I got... I got a a poke from somebody um, asking me um, if I thought that was going to affect my readership and did that concern me or something. I don't remember exactly how they phrased it. I have to go back to the message. Um, And I was like, no, because I don't care either way. Um, And I I realized their their question was a little bit vague, but um, my response was also vague in the the no because i don't care either way um, because that could be that could be interpreted more than one way about how I felt about it, you know um, mm-hmm. so it was just, just kind of an odd thing about um, um, was I worried about it reducing uh, was I worried about it reducing my readership on that story, and I said no because i don't care one way or the other and um which is which is vague because what do I mean by that? Do I do I mean I don't care if my readership is reduced? Or do I not care what my readers think? Um does it mean um I don't care if my what my point of view is or what my you know so it, uh, my response is a little bit vague but the the it kind of applies across the board is that um is that I don't I sort of mostly don't care um <laughs> mostly if if my my choices um, affect readership now the mostly the, the caveat in there is because if I did something um, and it would be unintentional where I got like a sudden huge drop in readership and it was because I had offended a bunch of people that would concern me. I would want to know what I, you know what I had done, what line I had crossed, where had I screwed up because um mm-hmm. people some some small percentage of people are are often offended by anything and everything um, but when you if you offend a large percentage of your readership um someone like me, that would tell me that I'd crossed a line I hadn't meant to cross. Um, Well, sometimes you do cross lines, and then I warn people. I'm crossing this line on purpose. Warn, warn, warn. You know what, though? I have been told repeatedly um, this over the years, um, and I've been posting my fanfiction online since, what, 2008? I think. I think it's 2008. Um, And when I mentioned um, posting um, Ties That Bind I got emails, oh you're going to lose readers no one wants to read that stuff it'll be terrible, my my membership on my website doubled in a month during the first posting of Ties That Bind it literally doubled I went from 2300 members to to almost 5000 in a month I was told when I started posting Harry Potter, oh, your Stargate fans don't want to read that. You're going to lose readers. No. No, that's not what happened. Um, uh, you know, people are upset about the Star Trek or why aren't you writing Stargate anymore. I go back to Stargate, oh, you're going to upset your Harry Potter fans and they're going to leave you. No. They're still there asking for their stuff. They're still there. I got their hand out. They're waiting their turn. Impatiently. <laughs> A bit more patient than the uh, Harry Potter reader. <laughs> Everybody's waiting their turn, but you know. So to be told that I could potentially lose um, readership over a craft decision, you know, I'm going to be double bird. You know, just take take both birds in hand and make them your friend. Because, and but you know what? Though the first time I posted um, "Ties That Bind," I posted. Um, the first story, and the very first comment on that story was, and I quote, because I will never forget it, and it was a longtime reader of mine who had commented many times on my website um, in glowing terms, and she said, Well, I'm not reading this shit. Now, did I whine or cry or complain? I complained. Yes. I'm still complaining years later, obviously. Delete. Move on. I posted the next part three days later because fuck that shit. For those of you who probably don't know me as well as um others, my bird finger is currently in the air. Can you feel he sprained it? <laughs> <laughs> because what? Yeah, she only got one. I mean, it's not like it was a surprise what was going on, right? You clearly labeled it BDSM, so it's not like she had to even click on the link. Not going to read this shit. But yeah, but she had to let me know she wasn't going to read it. Well, some users, some some readers really think that you want to know, like you're keeping track of which readers read which stories. As OCD as I am, yeah, I do not have a spreadsheet that on for that. There, there was that person who thought I was all up in their business because um, I was their Live Journal friend. Um, I never read my Live Journal friend list because I had the maximum number of friends you could have on Live Journal, which is 5,000 with a gold account. I had 5,000 people on my friends list with um, Live Journal. I never read her journal. But she assumed since I was on her small-ish friend list that I must be keeping track of her, um, i.e., stalking her. I had no fucking idea who she was. Like, no way oh, she don't, got I don't a magazine on and friended her. Well, like, well. About- if all you're going to do is bitch and complain about me being on your friends list, I can solve that problem. I don't even know who you are. I still, I have already forgotten that bitch's name. I'd have to look it up. I could, though, because it's in my email. Um, because someone pointed out to me that she was bitching about me. Um. <laughs> I told this story on my live journal once about how I apparently had this nemesis in high school that I was completely unaware of. And she was friends with this friend of my sister, and we were all at we all met at a cafe once um so about ten of us, and my sister was mostly her friends, and she'd invited me to come um to this um thing, and I went because I really didn't have anything else to do and I was kind of bored and um this girl still hated me, and it had been like ten years I didn't even remember her name. I had to be introduced to her she didn't even i didn't She wasn't even remotely familiar It it was like there was nothing there Because I was like who's this Did you go to school with her Because she went to school with me She was in my year She graduated high school with me And I had no idea who she was Well she knew who I was And apparently I was her nemesis in high school And she told me She said we were bitter enemies in high school I said I don't even know who you are My sister laughed so hard she had to get up and go to the bathroom before she peed on herself. She was pregnant um she said you just she said she really does have no idea who you are. She never did have any idea who you are. I never did well, there are readers like that who assume a a um an intimacy, an, an intimate relationship with you um, that doesn't actually exist. I still don't know why she hated me. It probably involved a boy that I didn't date. Cause I didn't date anybody in high school because they were all idiots, and I didn't want to get at their cooties. I had plans and it didn't involve ended up dating some redneck and getting pregnant No (laughs) That was not on my list Of things to do To this day I still have no idea On why she was my nemesis Just that she is And she still hates me I don't care I'd be kind of like half wanting to know. I mean, I, 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 on the one hand, I wouldn't care because clearly, if you didn't know what you didn't know what your conflict was about, then clearly this was person whatever was going on. This person wasn't worth committing to memory. But on the other hand, if somebody's been carrying on their entire life thinking I was their arch nemesis and I didn't even know their name, I'd be like, tell me more, (laughs) because I want to get in on this hating. (laughs) Did. Did I not let you I don't cheat happen. off my chemistry test, or? Because <laughs> I don't have what, what and I happened? feeling deprived. Did your boyfriend stare at my tits in Spanish? A lot of boys did. <laughs> I mean, help me out of here. I really, literally have no. I have no clue. I have none. I don't even. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's just absolutely ridiculous. She left lunch. She wouldn't stay for lunch. I told her. I said, you know, if you want to stay, I can go. I don't actually care um, about. You know this. <laughs> I'm only here because my sister made me come, kinda. And I was bored, but you can. I, I can go. <laughs> and she was like, "No," and then she like stormed out. <laughs> it was ridiculous, and I still to this day have no clue why I um why she hates me. Maybe she wanted to be me. <laughs> I don't know. No clear. That is so strange. I definitely would definitely been the one chasing around in the parking lot, go, no, no, fill me in. I want to be sure that if, if you think I'm hating you for the next ten years that I'm I'm fully informed about what I'd like to know what I'm gonna hate you about. Let me know. I wanna be in on the reason for this nonsense. The only thing that's really stood out in my brain, it wasn't even about her, because um, I literally do not remember her from school, and I do remember this girl in particular that um, I had the problem with. Um, in the 11th grade, we got a student teacher, and he was, quite frankly, very, very attractive. Uh-huh. And I was, I'm smart. I stand out in classwork. Rooms. I always know the answers. Um, I'm very good in debate with teachers. Teachers enjoy me. They like to teach me. Like, they like to be around me. Um, this student teacher was no exception. This girl had a crush on this student teacher. And he spent, she was in my class with me, um, this English class, and he spent every class, every minute of every class that he could speaking to me talking to me. Now for some women that's plenty of reason to get a grudge going. Yeah, yeah and she she was she hated my guts. And she went to the vice principal and accused him of having an inappropriate relationship with me. Oh, that bitch. and I oh she was a cunt. And I got called into the office and he you know, the 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 Vice Principal knew me actually really well I'd been in two of his classes He taught um, math And um, I was actually one of his favorite students And he was very concerned That that, that this young man had taken advantage of me um, And I was like What are you talking about <laughs> and, he, and he explained to me what, what had been said And I was like um, I'm a virgin Because <laughs> I was And he was like Oh okay um, Well do you know why she's and I said, Oh her. Oh her. I said, She has the biggest crush on him, but he ignores her because she keeps unbuttoning her shirt. I said, Honestly, for his own well being, for his career, you need to get him out of her classroom um her out of his classroom because she's not um it's not appropriate. And I said I promise you, he has never laid a hand on me. He he's very professional. Um I just know the material and we're talking about Shakespeare. I mean, you know, it's just it's that was my jam back then, and my vice principal knew that. He goes, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" <laughs> and he sent me back to class, and she got transferred out of AP English. Oh, wow! She lost her AP. Um, um, she lost her AP classes, all of them, um, um, for the false accusation. Now she has plenty of reason to hate my guts, and I know what she looks like. And, uh, that isn't the same girl. <laughs> But yeah, hmm. I mean, so that's and that's the only incident that sticks out in my brain. And I'm I'm a complete loss as as to who this girl even was. But yeah, I mean, she could have ruined his career because he preferred to interact with a student who actually read the material, and one who didn't have her tits out. Right. It was really inappropriate. No kidding. But um, she got in-house, um, she, she got in-school suspension, and she lost all of her AP classes, of which she was taking like four. She, um, um, she ended up in um, regular classes for four of her AP classes. Well, she shouldn't be leveling false accusations. Like she could have, she was trying to lash out at you, but she could have ruined that man's career. Yeah. She could have. Now the thing is, is because I um, started my, ber- I had my birthday in October, so I was already a year older than my peers when I got mono in the eighth grade, and I was out for nine months. Ooh, and I couldn't catch up, so I had to repeat. So I was actually eighteen at the end of my junior year, when she accused him of of sleeping with me. So while he might have gotten a hit teacher-wise, he wouldn't have gotten one um, legally, because I was 18. But it was really terribly inappropriate. But yeah, I was a virgin at 18. I hope not I mean she's such a whore but yeah so that's just totally off the topic though isn't it <laughs> um yeah I still have no idea what that bitch hates me for but obviously she's not me so that, so that would be enough right there Skinhouse house I'm awesome Julie, are you still there? Yes. I just moved my microphone for a second because I was really into this um, cheese danish, and I didn't want to make you guys listen to me eat, <laughs> but I'm done now. This is my compromise on that stupid cobblestone muffin this morning. Was, I got a cheese danish instead. <laughs> but I was so off-put about the cobblestone muffin that I was just never got around to eating the cheese danish, and so now I'm... But, you know, the, um, this girl who hated me in high school and I didn't know about her, there are readers like that out there who um, assume an intimate relationship with, with you based on um, Facebook interactions or Twitter interactions or uh, listening to my podcast. And and they use that false sense of intimacy to make demands on you that are really, really inappropriate. Yeah, I had someone who had pinged me back and forth about something, about how much a family member of hers was enjoying um, my story. Um, a little bit of a, the The, the conversation had gone on, and they had gone on as really relevant, but I had responded and told her that I was amused by the anecdote she sent me. And the next thing I know, like, I don't know, six months later, um, she had... Um, she sent me... Um, a message telling me that it was that family member's birthday was coming up, and would I please finish this one story? I was like, whoa, dude. No. (laughs) Um, There's, like, two people on the planet that I would rush to finish a story for, and it's certainly not, you know. um, By the way, cobblestone flavor muffin is, like, cinnamon raisin or something like that, I guess. I don't know. It it looks like 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 a like cinnamon pull apart bread or something like that, but they call it cobblestone and I don't know, it was weird. But um yeah, so it was just um it was just such a, such a strange thing that because we'd had this one exchange that that translated to her being able thinking she could ask me to accelerate the timeline and please finish the story ahead of time. I know you've been asked to finish Stories for you know various reasons, up to including, you know, people cancer. You know, telling his cancer, people I'm dying or whatever, or somebody I know is dying, and they like to think more. And some people will throw these things out there, but um, it's just interesting. You can have like one exchange with somebody, and they think that you have a relationship. Um, and it's just it's just kind of strange. Uh, yeah, I had a lady tell me, uh, send me an email telling me that she hoped I finished Phoenix before she died because she'd been diagnosed with breast cancer. Then there was that author on Fanfiction.net that got harassed about a dying child. Yeah, yeah, that was uh... is that Bobman? Um, Broomstick. Oh, okay. maybe. Maybe it was Bobbin. I don't know. It was one of them. Yeah, it was a, it's just, it's just It was, oh, it was Robes. Robes. Yeah. That's right, Robes. Um, it's just so. It's just so. Eh. I mean, I hate. I hate feeling like someone's deliberately trying to manipulate me, and that's just what that is. It's just a deliberate manipulation. Um. Because even if even if they really do have a, in that case, like in Robes' case, a dying child, even if that's legitimately true, and they feel like that they are trying to do. The thing that, trying to grant their child one last wish, they're still attempting to manipulate you into doing it with, with, with you know, with the situation with their child because there's no way that that information is not manipulative, um, and it's. You know, and you just can't, tr- besides, I mean, I just, just generically don't trust when I hear things like that from people over the Internet. But like I said, even if it was true, it's still a blatant manipulation. It's still a blatant emotional manipulation, and it's just, oh, no. I hate I hate feeling like I'm being manipulated. And a lot of times what happens is in situations where somebody gives me a sob story about something, is then when I say no, I sit, you know, get to sit there with inappropriate guilt because I'll feel like crap for, you know, a day or two. Um and I have to talk my, give myself a talking to about my inappropriate guilt because I have nothing to feel guilty for. Um and it just you know, it just throws me off, you know. It's like negotiating with terrorists. We don't give in. When we talk about readership and um, It almost becomes a popularity contest, which I've never really considered an appropriate use of my time. Um, And, of course, it's inevitably inevitably going to fall back into that whole big-name fan conversation that I'm not... (sighs) I had to be told I was one, okay? And I really don't appreciate it. And um, whenever... I'm snarky about it. That's why, because it's just, it's ridiculous. And it implies, um, and maybe it's because it does imply a sense of um, ownership, like, like the fandom owns me. Yeah, yeah, and I do think fandom has a, a tendency to put, to project stuff onto what it considers its big-name fans. Um, that's really unfortunate. They kind of impress yeah. a certain kind of responsibility onto you. Yeah, something you didn't sign up for. Like you don't want. No, no thank you. like um when i started posting star trek um there was a little pushback from stargate fans not not many one or two three maybe who specifically were very upset that i was stepping away from the stargate fandom um and i was letting them down and um they didn't want me to leave the fandom and da da and um I have a responsibility to my readers, and uh, no, I don't. No, you really don't. Not at all. And that I don't. Is, no one owes their readers anything. No author owes, and there. We talked about this a little bit. Um, we had this when we talked about about fall for you and the reaction to it, about people feeling like that. Um, they shouldn't have to pay for the story because they 've ever seen it online. Um, if people do have this mentality that they're owed something that because they saw it online once or that it was there ever, and people even say this they'll they 'll put posts up and talk about how you know that if you put something on the internet you 've lost it forever, that you have no right to it anymore you know, da-da-da-da, that you have no right to even kind of try to bar people from giving you negative opinions or request that you not get negative opinions. It's like, it's out there, you have no more right, shut the fuck up. And it's like, no, it doesn't work that way. It just doesn't work that way. I know that's what you guys want to think, is that, you know, once something's on the Internet, that you guys have the right to do whatever the fuck you want. And that, you know, these. But I figure these are the same people who are out there pirating books and doing illegal downloads of movies and and, um, doing all kinds of pirated illegal crap is because they think that they're entitled to whatever they want, whenever they want, for free. Barb asked in the chat room, what do you think about authors who take their toys and go home and ask people not to share their work afterwards? I think that if you have any sort of respect for that writer, you won't share their work if you've got it. And it doesn't matter why they're asking you not to share their work, whether it's because they got harassed so much or whether they've gone professional and they don't want the fanfic out there. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter why, just that they asked. And you either have respect for them or you don't. And if you don't respect them, you need to own that and admit to it. Yeah. I mean, some writers leave the Internet without any explanation, and they don't leave that request about people not sharing their work. But some authors are very specific. I don't want my work shared. They even leave their websites up asking people not to share their work. Um, and so that's a little bit – I mean, that's not, that's not a gray area. They're asking people. They're saying, if you've got it, I'm not going to, like, try to track you down and ask you personally to delete. it. I'm just asking you, you know, if you respect me at all not to share my stuff. And I think that people should honor that. Wait, my my blinkers have fluid? What? Is that is is that really a thing? <laughs> okay. Oh, I think it was facetious. I think it was facetious. <laughs> okay, good, because I know zero about my car. I am that woman that, okay, you know that motion you make when you go to clean your windows and you, you pull the little lever, you need know, a... Stick on the steering wheel to wash your windows. That little finger motion you do. Whenever I'm out of the stuff to clean my windows, I will do that hand motion to my husband and say, I need stuff. (laughs) Just saying. All right, trolls. (laughs) (laughs) I am that woman who will go out of my way to avoid pumping gas, okay? I am that Southern Belle, and I make no apology about that whatsoever. None. And if there's a problem with my car, like if um, the little light comes on and tells me that I need the air in my tires, I will take it over to the dealership and let them do it for me. Yes, I will. Ask me. Uh, mm Mm-mm. And well, last time I did it, the little boy, young man, who fixed my tires for me, he says, "You know, you can go to the gas station." And I looked at him and I said, "Honey, do you really want to finish that sentence?" And he was like, "No, ma'am, I don't. You can bring your car over here anytime you like, and I'll fix your tires." I said, "Thank you." <laughs> I told I my what? husband, he's like, I would have done that for you. I was like, yeah, but I was out, and a little light came on, so I went over there to make sure I wasn't getting a flat. And since it was just the pressure was off, they fixed it for me. And he was like, oh, my God, honey, you're such a girl. <laughs> well, yeah. I had I a had, guy I point out to me at the at the auto repair shop, he says, oh, you can learn to do this for yourself. I just gave him a look like. Are you on something? I pay to have my nails done. I am not doing anything that dirty. (laughs) One of my biggest disappointments in adulthood is that they stopped having full-service gas stations, okay? Uh, Yeah, that's terrible. I, you know, right, right now I don't have nails, but most of the time I wear a full set of acrylic nails that are... Well, maybe a third of an inch. Um, it's an active length. But putting air in my tires could break a nail. And that shit's expensive. It's not just annoying. It's expensive. That's right. It is expensive. <sighs> now, someone else had a question that I got distracted from. But I really don't um, No, I don't know a damn thing about cars. I don't pretend to. Um, <clears throat> the best thing you can do for an author who holds their fic hostage for reviews is to stop reading them. I don't care how fucking entertaining you think they are. Take them off your list. Check it out. Delete. Click. Go. Buy. Hit the X. Go somewhere else. Because you don't need to feed their narcissism. And that is just pure narcissism. So don't give in and be their narc supply. Just just don't. It is. There are millions of words out there you can read for free that doesn't require that you kiss somebody's ass. But definitely, if you're going to keep reading, definitely do not feed into that crazy. Do not give them the review. It doesn't matter how no much com- you love no it and comments, how tempted no kudos. you... That's right, doesn't matter how much you love it, how tempted you are to to leave them a comment to see if it will help speed them along, don't do it. Because it just feeds into their crazy. It just justifies what they did. Because they, they, they pulled a manipulative stunt and got rewarded for it. Wait, Barb, there's a state where I can't pump my own gas? Where is it? Oregon used to be that way, but they got rid of I think they got rid of that um so I want to live there? Oh no, I don't want to live in New Jersey. <laughs> no, never mind. I got a husband. he can put my gas. There's also one town in New York a whole state, just a single town that has passed that ordinance i used to I used to drive this car that um had a very very slow oil leak, and I would have to check the oil occasionally, but um I hated doing it and so what I would do is um if I was driving and I saw a gas station that was kind of full of men and this is when I was in my twenties, I'd pop out of my car and put the hood up and then put my hands on my hips and stare at it for about I don't know, 45 seconds and kind of move my shoulders a little bit. And two or three men would come running to do it for me. (laughs) (laughs) Never failed. (sighs) Man, what do you need? Well, my daddy said I need to keep track of my oil because I have a a little oil leak and he's going to fix it for me next month. But um, in the meantime, I just keep track of my oil. I have it written down what I have to buy if I have to get oil. And and they would um, check me. And once I did have to have oil put in it, and, and he went into the store and um, got it for me and brought it out and put it in my car. <laughs> and honestly, living in the South, I have never, ever, I, I ran out of gas once. I pulled over. I was on the side of the road for about three minutes before some man came along. and was like, ma'am, can you need help? Yes, I do. <laughs> I ran out of gas. <laughs> well, honey, I got a gas tank. I'll go get you some gas. I'll be right back. Like, now you get in your car and don't talk to any strangers. Okay. <laughs> you mean like you? <laughs> Work like a charm every freaking time. I'm not kidding. (sighs) (laughs) But back to my learned helplessness. Or my feigned helplessness, because I actually can change my own oil. My my daddy taught me how to. I just don't intend to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's like I just don't want to. Can I check my own no pressure? Way. Of course. I don't want to. The whole time he was teaching me, he says, "You know, I'm not going to. I, I, you know, I'm not going to do this." He says, "You need to know how." I said, "But you know, that I'm not going to do this." <laughs> <laughs> Can, Lady Holder says she can check her, yeah, exactly, she just doesn't want to. Can is an entirely different word than want. I don't want to. Okay, readership. The crazy of the readership is do we have to keep it? Do we want to keep it? Does it matter? Hmm. You know, what was it, back in January when I pulled off of AO3, I think? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I had made a comment in the first post I put up on my site explaining to people that I had left AO3 and not to panic, all my work was still on my website, blah, blah, blah. I had said that, um, that you know, one of the things that had contributed to me, you know, I was honest about the fact that I had stayed I stayed at AO3 a lot longer than I wanted to um, just because of the readership. I mean, that's, that's, that's the commodity that archives have, right, is, is the audience. They have a built-in audience. Um, but there's a lot of downsides you have to put up with for the audience, and so that was what the really was there's a, lot of, a lot of bullshit you got to put up with. Yes, it's a lot of <laughs> bullshit, and so but the readership was was a, a huge part of why I stayed. Now I eventually did pull. So don't even go looking on my site for that message because that 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 um, that post is not on my site anymore. I did remove it because people seem to think I was wounded, and so the and I appreciated all the support, but I eventually had to. Cut it off before it broke my web page. Um, <coughs> anyway, so that, that, that same day, I had received a, a message from somebody, um, and I have okay. She, what she said, she wrote me. She said, "I read your analysis that you pulled away from AO3. Um sorry to hear these stupid people being mean. I should have commented on your post, but I have a question. If it's not too much trouble, I'm a new writer and I've heard awful stories about abuses on site on." Um, on sites like fanfiction.net and AO3. The idea of posting there kind of terrifies me, but how do you get readers if you don't want to put your work on a site where people read? If you don't have time to answer, I understand, blah, 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 Anyway, it's just, so I, I tried to talk to the whole issue of, you know, readership a little bit there, um, which is a little bit different about building a readership, um, which I think I think most people who post their work online, to some degree... Are looking for somebody to read it. Otherwise, why are you posting it online? I mean, it's a, it's a disconcerting thing when you post something and you know it's the crickets. <laughs> it is. It's just an odd. It's an odd. It's an odd thing that happens when that when that goes when that happens when there's when you just don't know if anybody's reading it. You don't know if it's going anywhere. Um. Can't you moderate and lock your stories on A- you can, but that doesn't really that doesn't really so you can moderate and lock your stories on A3 you, you can do you can put your stuff on moderation, yes. Um, but if I'm going to go to all that effort um, on AO three, I might as well just use my own website. so um, and I definitely recommend it for people who don't have their own website or who are focused on building a readership is that they do put themselves in comment moderation and that they do limit themselves to registered members only and all of that kind of stuff it just wasn't something that I was interested in doing on more than one site because I already do that on one site anyway someone asked me when AO uh, you know I was on fanfiction.net very briefly but I'm honestly too dirty for fanfiction.net and I didn't want to violate their TOS so I moved on I'm way too dirty. <laughs> way too dirty. Um, and so I didn't want to violate their TOS. And um, I was already posting on my WordPress. And I didn't um, allow comments on my WordPress. But then I deleted all my stuff from fanfiction.net. And I got started of getting emails with feedback. People like, like, no, you, you should allow comments. You should allow comments. Fine, I'll turn comments on. But I really didn't care. I really, really didn't care. Um, and then, you know, I, I kind of outgrew Um, WordPress personally, and so I moved to my own site, and I kept comments up, and I opened up memberships so people could join, and they could could comment if they wanted to, and that that was before WordPress allowed you to log in with Facebook or Twitter, Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to allow anonymous comments, because that's just a a route for abuse, so I had to do membership. Um, And... um, now I've closed membership, and I still get emails about it. You know, how do I join your site? Oh, you can't. Um, and one of the things that I most often get in my mailbox is, you should put your stuff on Ao3 to build your membership, to build your readers, to, to, to get more readers, to get more exposure. And I hardly ever respond to these. But one day I was like, I wrote back. I said, you know what? I'm actually not looking for more exposure. And I said, you know, I'm just not. I'm I'm not looking for more exposure, and um, they didn't know what to do with that. They 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 really um, didn't know what to do. And she was like, well, you know, people want to read your stuff. I said, they can find me here. I'm not. I am it's, it's, it's like hidden. It's not kind of an area fifty one or something. I mean I'm I'm not, you know, I'm I'm visible. There's, you know I show up on rec list all the time. People have me in their bookmarks. If you really want to read something, you'll find it. And um there's a there's a mentality on A O three, uh, that I want no part of. Mm hmm both as a writer and as a reader. I rarely ever comment on there as a reader. Um, And the day you start seeing my stuff go up on AO3, that's the day you need to recognize that I'm leaving fandom. I'm not saying it's any here by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just saying that if that day comes and you start seeing me loading shit up on Ao3, that means I'm shutting my websites down and I'm done, because I don't want and because I'm going to walk away once I finish that, because I don't want any part of Ao3's community. And I don't, but I would never want to just take my fic and go. I would want to leave it somewhere. And obviously, I can't leave it on fiction, fanfiction.net because it's too dirty. So I'd probably put it on on archive of our own because that would allow me to put everything in one place um, for for fandom to, to do, to do with whatever they wanted. Um, but it... Uh, it would be because I would be no no longer personally involved in that in in, um, in that because um, like I said there's a uh, there's a mentality on AO3 that makes me deeply uncomfortable and it's it begins and ends with the pedophilia. It'll, yeah. it'll from a writer's perspective, I don't want to be associated with a site that publishes allows the publication of pedophilia. Yeah, it's it's very it's a very uncomfortable uncomfortable thing. I stayed on A O three as long as I did, a hundred percent for my readers. Um, well, about ten percent was for me, but mostly it was for my readers because I knew that they. I had a lot of readers who in, preferred their interface to my website. I heard it all the time. People like being able to download eBooks, you know, um, and I understood all of that. So I stayed as long as I could, but. I had wanted to leave long before I did, and I hit that point where I just was like, okay, enough. Um, And there are ways to build an audience without going to a big archive, but it's going to happen faster on a big archive. Um, And if my audience never got any bigger than it is right now, I'm fine with that. It doesn't bother me. It wouldn't bother me. It wouldn't bother me if it got smaller. I just wouldn't care at this point. At this point, I don't care. Not that I'm saying I don't appreciate my readers. That's not what I mean at all. I'm just saying that um, it's not that growing my reader base is not my primary incentive. You know, I, it's not what I'm. It's not what I'm trying to do. And so I don't make. Because the you know, funny thing is, there's an interesting thing is if people think, you know, are you making decisions based upon your readership? Well, if I was making decisions based upon my readership, I think like a strange thing to say. I would be publishing apparently a lot more Tony Bruce Banner stories because by far (laughs) that is the most popular story on my site. And that sort of surprised me. So I don't know, and I don't know what's behind that. I don't know if it's a bunch of the the MCU fandom is bigger and they're curious about a a one-off unusual pairing for Bruce Banner or why that's the most popular story on my site, but I know that it is, and by quite a bit too. So um to give you an I... idea of readership um my site since moving to my personal site has had over 10 million views. I average between 8 and 10,000 individual readers a day on my site. That's just mine. That's that's not counting rough trade or um, wild hair. If no, it went from eight to ten thousand, or seven to ten thousand, to three thousand a day, I wouldn't care. If it dropped to one hundred people a day, I'd be fine with that. If there was one person out there reading, there, hey, lady holder, <laughs> that <laughs> would be fine too. Um, because these numbers are really abstract for me. I keep track of them because some people think they're, you know, interesting and the, they want to know. Um, and it's in my stats pro- profile for my website. And um, every once in a while I'll look at them, well, that's interesting. I wonder what I posted that day. And then, you know, of course, my very best day ever is the day I posted um, the, uh, you want to guess? Mm, would it be the North Star? No, no, it would be that old Black Magic. Really? The day I posted that old Black Magic, I had 31,000 individual readers on my site. Wow. So if I cared about my readership, I'd be posting Harry Draco every fucking day. (laughs) Well, no, that's individual readers. That's that's not views. That's not counting your refreshing. That's just you individually as a person hitting my website. So no, it it doesn't count um, multiple visits. That was 31,000 individual users. Unique IPs, yes. My best day ever. And it was Birth of the Serpent King. Because when I saw it, I was like, what the fuck is that? (laughs) Because it was like a real big anomaly, right? And I was like, what the hell? What happened on this day? And I, I went into it, and I realized that was the day I posted that entire novel to my website. So, yeah, I mean... If I cared about readership, that's where I would be. I would be all deep in Harry Draco because apparently that's where um, the audience is in Harry Potter for me. Since I would never post any of the other crap that draws attention, like Snary. Yeah. There's a person right now already writing an email about that. Here it comes. Don't do it. I'll just tell you to kiss my ass. I mean, my, I my site traffic um, went up 10x when I left AO3. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm sure. Which didn't really, I mean, I knew it was going to go up. I actually didn't expect it to go up quite that much. Um, I think a huge <laughs> percentage of my readership was on AO3. Um, but... I'm just imagining the flailing that went on for a couple for a hot second there before they realized where you were. Ah. Well, the thing <laughs> is, my my profile's still there. My profile, I clearly said where, that I left, but I guess people net, didn't bother to click on my profile. Um. So there was, and they, I still every once in a while get a um an email. I got one last week about. Oh, I'm so I'm so glad I finally found you. Yeah, I'm really not that hard to find.
1: <laughs> really? really? I mean, really.
0: yeah. If you Google her, she pops right up. Yeah, it's really not that difficult to find. Even if you could only remember the name of one story and my first name, um, if you couldn't remember my last name, if you just go Google "Emergence, Jilly, you're going to you're going to get me. If you, so, I think if you Google "dragons and Jilly, you'd probably get her. <laughs> uh, we should check. I'm looking. But you know, yes, "Emergence" is the number one hit on my for that "dragons Jilly, number one hit. On for, on my Google Is, is, is me yeah, So she's not hard to find I think that a lot of times um, Fandom gives a lot Of validation And that validation can be Addictive And it can be um, uh, Kind of difficult to let go of if you get, if you allow yourself to get used to it, and it, um, I found feedback, instant feedback, startling when I first joined the fandom because I was not, ex- I did not know what to expect. Um, it wasn't the first time i had been writing fanfiction. I've been writing fanfiction since I was small, young, but I had never, um participated in fandom. Um, and I hit fanfiction.net one night looking for um, <laughs> Sam Jack. I was looking for Sam and Jack um, fanfiction. Um, and I hit AO3 and I was like, well, I mean, not AO3, but fanfiction.net and I was like, well, look at this. <laughs> and then I, then I ended up on Wraith Um And then I hit um, Area 52, and, you know, it, just, it was just like it kind of snowballed, and then I came across um, what I like to call my gateway drug into um, Stargate, uh, um, Atlantis, because I was just kind of just kind of flicking around, you know, and I was riding some Ronin Keller, um, but I was not really, I didn't know what I was really, um, I didn't know my place in Phantom. I hadn't figured out where I wanted to sit. You know, at what table I wanted to sit at, and then I read *Time in a Bottle*. By a lot. And you knew? <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Like that's it." Me aboard, I found my ship, <laughs> and it was it. That was it. That was like that was my moment. I was like, "Okay, yeah, okay," because and, and then I got comfortable. I got really super comfortable once I found my spot, um, and then you know. I'd started what might have been. I could, like, two or three days after I read um, Time and a Bottle, I started writing um, what what might have been. And, um, I set aside my Ronan Keller thing. Um, because at that time, they were, start, they were starting to do that whole Keller-McKay thing on the show, and it was pissing me off. Um, and oh, I was so pissed. I was so pissed all the time, because that was just not what I wanted at all. <laughs> The whole cock tease with Ronan, and then they did that stupid. I don't want to get. I'll I'll be bitching the rest. of Not about that. Um. Anyways, and um. Once I finished the first part of what might have been, I knew I couldn't stay on fanfiction dot net because I was too dirty. So it was, you know, but um. Readership was never my goal, and like I said, it was really surprising to get feedback, and then I had to. Someone told me I needed a beta. I had no idea what a fucking beta was. I was like, wait, wait. People will edit you for free? That happens? (laughs) Are you kidding me? That's not been my experience. Because I was coming from a world where um, if you wanted your work edited um, before a publisher or an agent saw it, you paid by the word
1: to get Mm -hmm. that shit
0: done. (laughs) Sometimes as much as a penny a word. Sometimes 10 cents a word if you wanted a really good editor. Um, Someone who would get you ready for print. You know, my first um, experience with the modern world of fandom, what it is now, was that first rough trade I participated in. Because (laughs) everything I had... I mean, I'd been in fandom forever, but when I had been a writer... Um, writing, I started off on Yahoo groups, and um, eventually, you know, I was posting to a website with a few other authors, um, and the only way people could contact you when you had private websites like that was through email. I mean, there was none of this comment forms. Um, there was there was no and there was no automated archives. The archives that I agreed to be on. There was no automated archives. I mean, you sent your story to the archivist and waited, and people didn't comment on archives. You put up a link to you put up a link to your email address if you wanted contact, and people would have to send you emails. And the the email days of feedback, it, it's way different than just popping out a quick thank you. I mean, people people, I mean, I'm allergic to sending people emails. <laughs> So I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> people did it. Um, I don't know how they would 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 get the up the the nerve to click on a, a, a an unknown person's email link and send them that kind of a, an email contact like that. And it, so it was it was that was that was my experience with having contact with with fans was through email and so it's you know other than hearing from people on yahoo groups and but it wasn't my yahoo groups that i was like posting and it was like a like pairing specific yahoo groups and this was at the height of the X Files fandom popularity and so you get people posting you know three or four people posting on the group a day sometimes or more and you get lost in the noise super quick so i was used to not getting a lot of feedback from people, um, because when people have to actually send you an email, um, mo- you know, I w- I'd be lucky if I put up a new chapter on something, I'd be lucky if I get heard from 10 people, and about 20% of them are going to send me something that would be like four or five pages printed, which was in its way kind of off-putting, because <laughs> it's like, well... Oh, my God, Rough Trade must have been really startling for you. Oh, it was so weird, because I, I had been on... Is you got I mean, a I lot kind of attention of, yeah, so I got, well, I had been on, I had, I'd been participating between my leaving Exiles fandom as a writer. Um, all of my fandom interaction had been on LiveJournal, but mostly through fandom-specific groups, oriented groups, and not through, not on writer groups. I never was commenting on people's journals, really, about their stories. It was so, such an alien thing for me. So then I come to, Rough Trade. That's like I must. We had been thinking about getting back into. You know, I really wanted to write fan fiction again, and I want. And I, I've settled on the fandom. I decided I wanted to write an NCIS, and so I did. I did Rough Trade, and it's like there's like this flood. To me, felt like a flood of comments, and I was posting every day, and I was for you. Really, yeah, I was really. <laughs> I was really overwhelmed by it. I was like, "This is so weird. It's so strange. I don't know what to make of this." And I felt like because I mean, I was used to getting comments from you know, ten people over the course of two weeks. That I didn't. I I was used oh, to honey, responding I everybody. Honey, I think your who, parts were getting like forty and fifty comments each time you posted. Yeah. And so I didn't know what to do with that, and so I felt like I was I was in a mindset of where I was used to having conversations with people who would write me about my work, and I mean it's just it was just a different it was a different that was a different era of fandom, right? Was was we just didn't there wasn't this easy interaction back when I and so the, all of a sudden so at first I was trying to keep up with responding to people, and then I'm like well I'll just respond to people who who seemed like there's something substantive there. I'm going to have to skip the thank yous. And I was having this, like, trying to go up with logical – because it was taking up so much time to try to comment to people, respond to comments, and I was just super overwhelmed by the interaction with readers. I really wish I'd known that, because (laughs) I tell authors all the time, you don't have to respond to um, RT commenters. In fact, I recommend that you don't. Yeah, I would definitely definitely agree, because it was so distracting. It was so distracting to – I'd be like, and so I'd be like, okay, I'm going to write. I'm not even going to look at yesterday's comments until I've written something today, or I'm just going to get really overwhelmed and not be able to write anything. And it was just such a weird experience, that first experience. And I was so into what I was writing that I wanted to just keep writing. I'm like, well, people, I'll, I'll, I'll respond to people at the end. Was then how I rationalized. I'll wait till the end and respond to people, and that I really just want to stay focused on the writing. And I didn't know what to make of this. Like instant comment thing, even though I kind of I knew it existed because I had been on fanfiction.net. I had seen this instant comment thing. I had responded to people on AO3. I had sent people feedback, so I knew what it was like from a reader side, but I'd never experienced it as an author. And I just found it was so weird. I didn't know what to do with it. And so you I got a well, this lot is- of attention that time around too. I was like, I was you know, this is going. This is is terrible, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, The birth of um, Rough Trade was um, very small. Um, And um, I was used to being a big fish in that little pond. Um, And I do think that sometimes people participate in Rough Trade to avail themselves of my readership, and that's fine. Um, I really don't have a problem with that at all. Uh, But... (laughs) <laughs> so, this is going along, and everything's so smooth, and you know the the comments are okay, and everything's working okay. Then we come to that November, and I get the sign ups, and there's some new names um nothing I didn't expect you know it was an average number then this bit started posting <laughs> <laughs> I was like. What the actual fuck? I actually looked her up. I was like, oh my God, did an NCIS BNF invade my challenge and I was completely unaware of it? <laughs> but there was nothing really there. There was nothing. And I was like, I didn't even have a WordPress oh at God. that time. I had nothing. I think at that point, I have to acknowledge that I just witnessed the birth <laughs> of an NCIS BNF. Um, and it was like. <laughs> what is this? What is this? And she it was actually really super challenging to, um, to have her in RT. And I had not really been challenged, um, but her productivity really, really inspired me. And I wrote a hell of a lot that month as well. I mean, I wrote, I don't know, 150K? No, I think it was closer to 180, because I had 180 at the end of the month, and we were going neck and neck the whole month, so I think yeah. it was closer to yeah, 180. So. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're probably right, yeah. It was very inspiring, but also very startling, and I'm sorry, I had no idea, you know, that, um, that you were really unprepared for that to happen. I mean, but then so was I. I just didn't in- anticipate... Um, well, I didn't think people would then, respond like that because nobody knew who I was. I, mean, I, I was very careful. I made the decision not to not to you know, like re- revive my old fandom name, not to make any connections to my X-Files days. And, you know, I, I decided not to. And one of the first questions, there was early, one of like, because I put in my profile that I was a former X-Files writer, and somebody said, oh, what did you, and I was like, no, 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 I'm sorry. I, somebody thought I was new. I remember mean, early said, oh, I can't believe this is your first story. And I quickly responded and said, no, 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 no I'm not trying to, you know, Um, Just you know, I'm not trying to um, mislead people into thinking I'm a a newbie writer because I'm not. I've been writing for decades, but you know, this is this is a new pen name. It's a start over in fandom for me. Da 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 da. And I'm not giving my former pen name out to anybody ever. And you know, but I wanted to quickly disabuse that people that notion because people thought because they couldn't find any references to me online that I was had never written before. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not trying to mislead here, but. I I mean, I hadn't really. I mean, by the time that first rough trade started, I had read your work by then, but I found you through Finding Lady Holder. and because hmm. um, <laughs> neither one of you are on Archives, so I no I I was looking for Sentinel stories, and found her. I found Lion Rampart. So that I read that, and um, it was on the Naked Nano site. And I was like, oh! And the thing is, I just hit the timing funny, where I read it, and then the site clean off was the next day, and I had, <laughs> I had, I had book, and, was and I was looking and I was seeing, I was seeing all these fascinating stories on the on on the list of stories, and then the next day I logged in and the site was empty, and I was really confused, <laughs> and so I started digging a little bit more digging, and that's when I found the pointer to your site and I went and started poking through your stuff and, and I started reading your things and, and then I started trying to find some of the other authors and trying to f- see if any of those stuff, stories ever got posted. I mean I didn't like go running around asking people where is all this stuff going but you know I was quietly <laughs> searching around. And so then i just start and then uh, I was like watching and kind of just pondering um and you were talking about because I, I read up what the site was about. Cause, you know, once everything was gone, rather than like pinging you and going where did everything go, that's when I started digging out what the site was about. So I subscribed to the site and I got to thinking, well, this seems like it's an interesting environment to try writing in. I think I might want to do this the next time they have a challenge. And I think I waited like the last minute to sign up. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. Do I? Don't I? Do I? Don't I? And then so you, know, you like, came in system, between the Naked Nano and the Rough Trade. Changeover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just such a strange um, experience that first one. Um, that it was such a different experience as an author because, like, I'm, I knew things worked. Like that, the internet had changed, fandom had changed, things were different than what I had known them to be. Nobody was on Yahoo Groups oh, for the most part. Oh, Claire, really? Really, Claire? <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> don't get me started on the Lot My Fire awards. <laughs> 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 we don't need to go there. <laughs> so I'm glad you found of... me through those awards. But if somebody <laughs> had told me that, you know, if I I I used to have a counter on my old website, you know. Or the site admin had put a counter on all our pages. And if I had, you know, if I had 300 hits on a story, I thought that was exceptional. Um, I was fairly well-known in the Yahoo groups and stuff. Um, but, on, but that that was like where, that was like the, the, the core of the X-Files fandom was on Yahoo groups. So that was, you know, everything else was really peripheral. And... Um, So I never had any kind of clue about volume of readership Um, until I started. And then all of a sudden, I start when I start publishing. You got things with site stats, and you can see me had page counters, and you can see people have been to read read your story, and kudos and comments. It was all so bizarre, Um, and it was a little bit. Once I got over it being off, off sort of a little bit overwhelmed and found found a little bit off-putting at first um i think there was like a micro micro second that i was really like enjoyed it before all the bad stuff started to come with it (laughs) yeah i was like oh there it is i knew the bloom was off that off that rose pretty quickly But so if I have, I mean, for me, if like the idea that I had a couple of thousand people now reading my story, I, I mean, that was, that was like a, that's a complete revelation compared to something, anything I'd ever experienced before. So I don't worry about the whole idea of um, readership, about growing the readership at this point. Um, but, um, and, so, and so I don't, Is that person's question about off-putting my readers um, with the the point of view I choose, is that a consideration? No, it really isn't a consideration. Because if I was considering that, I, I would make a lot different choices about what I write. When I posted, um, and I am considering writing my um, my no- no- November story in first person because it is a, a cornerstone of urban fantasy, um, and I do want to explore the, the, the genre. I, I want to do a, a full-on exploration of it. Um, the first time I posted in first person on my website, I posted a story written from McKay's point of view, and people were like what <laughs> they were completely unprepared for my Rodney internal voice. Because um, that's really how I that is really honestly that that is um um the truest characterization for me of McKay on my site. Um that's how I see him. That that's how he's in my head. Um so I'm weighing that information um, as I come into this challenge thinking, okay, what character am I going to explore and how is um, that going to be um, received? But more importantly, is it going to be interesting enough for me to write a full novel from a single POV first person? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you wrote us the whole the whole novel from one point of view before, and it's quite long now. Yes, it is. It's it's almost done. I'm I'm two chapters away from finishing. Um, Darkly Lowell. yeah. Um, but you know, I think that the only time that for me. readership only becomes important to me as a writer when I'm going to sell it. Mm -hmm. Is that mercenary? Yes. But that's the market, and that's professional publishing. If I'm going to um, seek publication for a story, I look at market. I look at the bestseller list. I look, okay, are threesome selling now? Are shifters selling now? What's going to be selling eight months from now? What's going to be selling a year from now when this shit hits the shelf? Um, you, you look at buying trends. You look at popularity trends and reading trends. And um, you put feelers out and you ask your agent, you ask your editors, okay, what is um, Harlequin buying right now? What is Bantam buying right now? Um, because these, th- that's how you get a contract if you have a contract offer on the table they'll say okay you know actually um, I'm very familiar with your work if you're interested in writing for us we need a a werewolf novel 75k um, het couple um, deliverable December 1st yes or no well what's the advance going to be (laughs) (laughs) Because <laughs> yeah. the money makes so the world go around. I don't um, – the royalties for Fall For You helps pay for my websites and Rough Trade for almost a year. And let's leave it at that. <laughs> and I'm still getting money. It's, it's still coming in. Um, but the bulk of my royalties went into paying for um, – the site, and um, it was fine, and then I had to ask for some donations because I I ran out of royalty money. Um, And that's the only reason that I published it, um, was to make money to fund the site. That's really sweet, actually. It's a really sweet little thing you did for... the Writers on rough trade and <clears throat> for your own readers too, but... well, it allowed us to move into a new server space it's much much more comfortable and um you know set up rough trades domain and all that stuff and so and that was pretty expensive to start um and so yeah, but you know um fall for you uh is um j- just something that um I wrote for that purpose, and that's why I originally had it on rough trade is because. It was for rough trade. It was supposed. It was always going to be for rough trade in one way or another. Um, but um, I'll never do original work on RT again. No, I was so horrified by some of the feedback you got that started talking about rough trade and fan fiction, and um, that, you know, you hadn't changed it from what was posted on rough trade. I was just like, "Whoa, dude, people, this is not cool. You were breaking the rules of Fight Club. Stop it." <laughs> Stop talking about Fight Club. <laughs> but no, it's you know it's fine. People are going to be assholes. But like I said, I think the worst piece of feedback I got was when they parodied my own damn um, criticism Roof. of myself in a fucking review. Yeah, that's just that's just so obnoxious. So obnoxious. I just wanted to respond and say, oh, thank you for listening to my podcast. I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate your readership and your, um, listening ship. Um, thank you for the advertising dollars. <sighs> Ass hats. <laughs> it's just so, but yeah, I mean, you know, so there's this, there's this dark side to, to readership, right? Um, yes. It is flattering to get attention. and yes, it is flattering to get views and to know that if I post something right now that when I wake up tomorrow afternoon, whenever I get up <laughs> um, that I'll have have had five, six, thousand views on my site. Great, fine, that's really super flattering. Um, but you can't let that kind of attention go to your head because you turn into an asshole and then you end up being one of those assholes on AO3 who holds their fic hostage for reviews if you ever see on anything I've written that I'll post part 2 when I have 25 reviews you need to assume I'm being held hostage and let Lady Holder know so she can call my husband (laughs) so he can come home and rescue me seriously wrong there (laughs) I'm gonna need rescuing that's a call for help of some kind true, true <laughs> that's a threat, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's um. I- that's just ridiculous i whenever I see that, even if I see it on a work that's actually completed, I close it. I'm done. I mean I can forgive you know um bad punctuation, unfortunate spelling, most of the time I can forgive whilst <laughs> but <laughs> It depends on I who's saying it. not <laughs> cannot, on, in any circumstances, forgive a writer for being a twat like that. And that is pure twat behavior. Twat, twat, twat. The, the furthest I can deal with an author going in terms of requesting feedback, because, I mean, if an author asks, you know, hey, it'd be great to hear if you enjoyed the story, I have no problem with that. But the closest, the furthest I can go with them down that journey is some variation of, "Hey, look, um, feedback is the only is the only payment I get for this. It'd be great if you wrote me. I can kind of deal with that. I'm not going to close the story if I'm enjoying it over that. Um, but that's 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 sort of like my line. If it's if it's further along the blackmail spectrum than that, I, I'm gonna I, I can't I can't I can't keep reading." It, I'll just Done. be so annoyed. Because what I'm sitting there doing is I get to the next chapter, and I'm sitting there thinking about all the whores who indulge that bullshit to get her to release the next chapter. So, as so I know, I'm calling some of you people. Who, I don't mean you guys are actually whores, but I mean that moment. <laughs> I'm thinking that. I'm thinking that the people who indulge them, calling the people these people that in my head, even though I know that they're just desperate to get more of the story they like. But still... Yeah, in that moment, I am thinking people are whores for indulging that kind of squatty behavior. The reader is the John, and the writer is the whore. whore. Yeah. Look, don't sell yourself, but if you're going to do it, don't be cheap about it. (laughs) I'm just saying um but you know that's the thing though because because that behavior begets worse behavior um it comes into um the reader and the writer having some kind of emotional monetary exchange you know like they're um assigning a value to that kind of exchange between a writer and a reader. And then a re- that, that same reader goes to a different writer and gives that feedback with the expectation of getting that same exchange. And that and is engendered by the writer. That is not – I mean, you posted about this on Facebook Mm -hmm. Um, and in my dream yeah and it was interesting to me that there's this thing that happened which was that um, you were pointing out that authors, the way I read it anyway is that you were pointing out that authors because of this behavior, it's not all entitled readers come from this but that authors kind of engender this behavior in their readers and that authors are sort of like they're some segment of readers have been have been created by writers to be the monsters that they are, and it was like a lot of people who seem like a, not not everybody, but a lot of people who read that like totally missed that you were talking about the writer as the source, and jump, yeah. like, jumped right to readers are such assholes. I'm like, yes, true, true. Some readers are assholes, not all of them. Some readers are assholes, but we're talking about writers being assholes here. What do they do? Readers. They do foster that um, that exchange, that, that prostitution. And then when um, this reader goes to another writer and the writer doesn't respond in the way that they anticipate that they will, you get an asshole writer in your comments demanding to know what the fuck your problem is because why aren't you delivering? I've done my part, why aren't you doing yours? You're supposed to be writing for me. What are you doing on Facebook playing a game? Why aren't you fucking writing? And yes, that's a direct quote, by the way. I block that person. Um, mm. or, or don't you think that your time would be better spent writing instead of doing this podcast? Delete saw my delete. brain delete, delete, delete,, delete. <laughs> yeah, because um they create this um it, again, it's not all writers who create readers like this, I mean, some of them are just fucking entitled the moment they hit the ground, um but there are plenty of readers who have been trained to offer feedback as a monetary reward, so to speak, to to the writer, and it creates this, I know it's insulting to call it prostitution, but that's what it is, and then they end up with this kind of entitlement that is unbelievable. Unbelievable. And if they're already pretty entitled when they hit the ground, and then they encounter a writer like this who's not only saying, "Um, hey, uh, I need feedback before I post the next part. Um, Also, what do you think my pairing should be? Then they decide that they can tell other writers what they want. Because, hey, I'm giving you feedback, so now you owe me. Less like that dude that takes you on a first date and expects to get laid. I bought you a steak. I I deserve pussy. That's prostitution too, by the way. Yeah, it is. And I just I'm not that. I'm not for sale. it does it does create a codependence, and then unfortunately, these riders get used to this kind of attention, and then they don't get it, they don't get the immediate fawning attention that they want. they throw a big fit and take all their toys and go home Now, I'm not saying every rider who's done that did that because of that reason. I'm just saying there is a certain kind of rider out there if they don't get the kind of um response they're looking for, they um, put a story on hiatus because of lack of a um, lack of interest, or they delete it because no one was reading it, or, you know, just, just really passive-aggressive bullshit like that. Um, there are plenty oh, that, of legitimate was... reasons for a writer to walk away from, from fandom, and that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about these 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 children who pitch fits for attention. Yeah, well, I'm going to take all my stuff I've... and go home because you're being mean to me. They'll actually put up a chapter and say, a chapter with just an author's note in it that says, uh, this this story's um, um, abandoned now because clearly no one was reading it. Like, oh, wah. wah. June says, I've seen so many abandoned fics stating that due to lack of kudos, comments, this fic is dead. Right? Right. Because, oh, God, I could stab somebody over that. <laughs> Not like, like, mortal injury just like a flesh wound. (laughs) It's it's so it's so ugly. The assumption of I wanna say something. Rude. I'm gonna say it. Okay. Um like a writer for instance, I'm not speaking about anybody in specific, specifically, who got mad because they couldn't link their Patreon account on AO3 um, because they couldn't afford to write fanfiction for free. The AO3 doesn't allow Patreon accounts to be linked because that means you're being paid to write fan fiction, which is illegal. All right. And if fanfiction.net stripped them out too, because a lot of people had Patreon links in their um, profiles, or they put them at the end. And so you'd go and you could tell that, they, that this is what this used to be because they would say, um, here's a link to my Patreon account, and there would be nothing after it and fanfiction.net went in and it stripped all that crap out because somebody pointed out that you know this is this is a problem it's illegal which is why I have never ever put my fanfiction behind any kind of um paygate or insinuated that if I don't get donations, I won't post my fanfiction, or to give, I've, I've never given fiction away to my donators because that would be considered selling it. Um, and all the donations go into a fund to fund the website. And I can prove that if ever needed that I've spent every penny I've ever gotten on my websites for it is, I've never used any of it for my own personal profit. Um, which, is, which is perfectly never... legal. Otherwise, AO3 wouldn't be able to run as a nonprofit and put all the money that they do in fundraising into their infrastructure and paying salaries and stuff. You know, that's just the way that works. I mean, fanfiction.net is able to have advertisers and rake, rake in money to support their site that way because it's go, probably all of it goes to anything but being paid to write the fanfiction, Oh yeah, there were a fuck ton of Patreon links on fanfiction.net before it got cleared off. And AO3 actually had to create a policy for it. Um, And I saw on somebody's fic that they had stopped writing um, the fic because they couldn't post their Patreon link on AO3 and they couldn't afford to write for free. Which is just... If you're writing original work... Um, it's one thing, and you know, if you're writing original work and posting it on AO3, that's a completely different thing. But and, and to get around that, you would just, you know, consciously say, "Hey, you can check out my WordPress here for how to support me um, as an artist to continue writing original works and posting them here." And I have no problem with that, but I'm not talking about people posting. I mean, I'm not talking about people posting original work on AO3. This is all. These are all fan works and fan fiction writers who are butthurt over the fact that they can't get paid to write fast. Like well I don't have to, if I can't get paid to do it I don't have time to do it. Okay then. No one's holding me down <laughs> if you me hobby. write fast fiction. <clears throat> when I need to get paid for my writing I sit down and write something original. Right. Which I am perfectly capable of doing. <laughs> Point that out shit out again again. It's, um, you know, so, yeah. There are two sides to that entitlement. And um, when you, as a reader, feed that kind of author, you contribute to the problem. So don't leave comments, and don't leave kudos, and don't support their Patreon for fuck's sake. Because that's the kind of thing that will get fan fiction taken off the internet. And then we'll be back... Sending e-zines, we'll be back to. We'll be back to. We'll be like sending e-zines, contraband and email to each other, meeting <laughs> in dark alleys and exchanging dog-eared copies of, you know, uh, Rodney John stories. And like, I've got this Is old dog-eared USB? copy of what might have been. You want it? I'll trade it for <laughs> the first three episodes of Ties It Bind. Man, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be mailing USB drives across the, the, the planet because that's the kind of thing that could get people sued right and if and I saw a fancy writer go down for that kind of shit I would delete my site because I don't want to get sued right, and the thing is people people um, actually when they get called on that when you call them out and you say you can't do this and I will say the fandom police the thing is and there's a difference between not tolerating something and bullying people over it, okay? So you can say, I'm not going to tolerate that and not harass people. I just want to clear that up, okay? But some people did take it upon themselves to go out and harass people who had Patreon accounts. And um, people will get really indignant and say, well, you know, if they want to sue me for my, you know, $5 in the bank, they can just go ahead and do it. Well, dude, it's not your five dollars they're going to come after. It's does the it's your house. Who, it's yeah. I Assuming mean, if you don't have anything, they're they're going to use you as a precedent to go after the author who does have a house, the author who does have more money or more property or a, a lucrative job or a wealthy husband or whatever it is that they've got at re, whatever it is that means that they've got assets. You are the precedent. Because they can't take your $5 in the house you don't own. They're going to go after AO3. They're going to go after AO3. They're going to go after authors who have more money. And they're going to use you as the precedent to do that. So you are being such an asshole sitting there going, well, they can just sue me for the $5 that I don't even have. It's like, all right, fine. See, and I just don't have any, any, any patience for people who have that kind of attitude that kind of idiot has no idea what it what it's like to be sued because you don't have a choice about not responding and it when you're sued if you don't have a lawyer you're screwed if you mm-hmm. have a lawyer you're being screwed by the hour and when you're violating the copyright of some of Paramount or MGM you're not gonna win no you're not. And if you get a judgment against you and the judge and will say you have nothing. And your lawyer alone will bankrupt you. Yep. And you'll get that judgment against you and the fact that you have nothing. will mean What it will mean is that you will never be able to then ever have anything. Because anything you have ever from that point forward will go towards that judgment. They'll be garnishing your wages until – they'll be garnishing to the day you die. Yeah. That's the way it'll go. But you can just be really cavalier and go, you can send me for the money I don't have. Oh, they will. They will. And all the future money that you're not going to then have either. It'll just be really sad, really sad and tragic, and a real clusterfuck for fandom. So quit trying to get paid for it. can't do it, you can't get paid for fandom. That's just the way it has to be. It has to be free. And if you just can't deal with that, if you can't deal with writing fan fiction for free, then don't write fan fiction.
1: It and is if you're that not capable dried. of
0: writing original fiction, then you don't deserve to get paid. There you go. Was that ugly? Is that ugly? No, it's not. It's the absolute truth. Because if the only way that you can get paid is to write, um, to infringe on somebody else's copyright, no, you don't deserve to get paid. Speaking of Patreon and um, writing fanfiction, we do have memberships open over at Wild Hair for authors, and I'm going to be going through the applications this week a little bit, and we're going to be talking about them. Um, And we'll be uh, sending out some invitations, uh, because we've got a good handle on the ones that are currently posting. Um, You absolutely cannot have a Patreon account and be on Wild Hair. Even if you don't post your Patreon account on Wild Hair, you're just not welcome. And you never will be. Because I don't want to be associated with that bullshit. That's just like if you've written Chan or Pedophilia on AO3 or anywhere else on the fucking internet, I don't want you near me either. Unless your Patreon, of course, is something not fandom related. Like if you do, if you knit booties and you have a Patreon account for your Knitted booties. Knitting. Or you make YouTube videos. As long as they're not bashing writers. Yeah. No kidding. (laughs) Just don't be an asshole. But when it comes to the pedophilia and the Chan, um, the reason I don't want to be associated with that in any shape or form is because... Even if it's just fan fiction, theoretically, no one's being hurt by it. Your story, your link, your pen name, is sitting somewhere on a forum in the dark web as a resource for some pedophile to wank to. So so every other and. So, what, one out of every five hits you get is actually a pedophile jerking off to your pedophilia and stop calling it Chan. And when you turn styles into a child or you write thick where Harry Potter is five years old... um, You're facilitating an erection for a pedophile. And you're disgusting. You're fucking disgusting. And one day, I'm going to lose my mind on that fucking AO3 Facebook group and get banned. (laughs) Because I have to enhance my calm every time I see that shit over there. I'm like, oh, oh, it's just Oh, it doesn't hurt anything. It's just fiction. No, it's not. It's not just fiction. Because I have the same problem with explicit rape. I you too. Do. I, I don't, don't want to rape. It, I don't want to it rape this because. Even if it's not, it's even if it's not it. eroticized, even if it's not fetishized in any way, a rapist is still going to get off on it. And in I, fact, a rapist I, is more likely to get off on it not being fetishized. Blended, fetishized, exactly. Because they're going to get off more on <laughs> it, closer on the, to the real the, thing. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. I, you know, every time I talk about incest or pedophilia jam I get an email from somebody telling me I'm, I'm, I'm judgy. Well, I got, I got the knickers to prove it, sweetheart. I'm judging the okay. fuck out of you. And I went over yeah. to that L three thread on um face on Facebook and the L three group, and I read through all those names and every single one of you who defended it, I judged the fuck out of you too. Just I don't all care. All you bitches. All you bitches getting judged. We make I'm judging notices. you, and I'm judging all the versions of you in other universes, too. <laughs> that's right. Just in case. <laughs> you know, they there's that whole thing about not kink shaming. Fuck that. Some kinks need to be shamed. Yeah, when they started talking about your kink is not my kink, and that's okay, that whole thing... They weren't talking about baby rapists, okay? No, Let's they see. were talking about yes. latex suits and and furries. <laughs> right. Okay. So there was this, this is sort of this is sort of like a tangent, but it is, it, it is related. There was like this instance where this grant this this woman this girl I say girl, but she was she was full grown. This is a woman. She wound up marrying a man who turned out to be her grandfather. Okay. Oh. And yeah, found out after the fact, right? He had a son he didn't know about. Anyway, fast forward, and the, it was asked, you know, are you guys going to continue the marriage? And they are like, well, yes, we're going to. And the, part of the rationale is because it's not illegal. And it's like, well, it's like nobody's passed a law about that. And it's like, because we didn't think we had to. But we had to, right? We didn't right? think we needed to say that that was not okay. Okay, we didn't think it. We didn't think it was going to come up, so that's why we didn't pass a law. And it's the same thing for like your kink. When we say your kink is not my kink, and that's okay, we didn't mean. We didn't think we had to specify that there were some things that were not kinks because they're not kinks. They're perversions. They're illegal. Bestiality, pedophilia, rape. Peeping Tom's We just didn't think we had to say it We didn't think we had to say it So now everybody's latched on to your kink is not a kink you know, What happened to your kink is not my kink And that's okay Well we didn't say. Because pedophilia isn't a kink It's not a kink, it's illegal
1: It's stop actually Stop normalizing a
0: disorder. it Stop normalizing <laughs> it It's a mental illness not a kink So I was going to go back to the readership thing. So somebody asked me was this, do you my, about considering readership. I don't make decisions about what I'm going to write or how I'm going to write it based upon my readers. I do consider my readers in a lot of ways in terms of making sure my stuff's readable. I consider readability. I don't want to torment people, you know, with a wall of text. So I consider... On an orange consider, background on an orange background with, with blinking headers. I can. Oh my God. My... Fuck you. Geo Cities. I'm so glad all those animated sites are gone. Oh, oh God. God. Right. So I, even, even when I had, um, uh, my own website, I it never had anything that blinked. <laughs> it was just a rule. um, so I consider my readers in a lot of choices, like is this more readable, is that more readable, is this font better, that? and some of it's based on my own preference, because some people will adamantly tell you that Comic Sans is the most readable font out there, and I'm just going to have to disagree on. with you. But um, <laughs> So I can, the only time I've ever considered the reader in terms of what I'm writing is when the story is for a reader, and that's come up because I've participated in, in gift challenges um, twice, I think. Twice I've done gift challenges where I've written a story for somebody else. And when I'm writing a story for somebody else, I take, I, I, I make decisions a little bit differently than I might if I were just writing a story for my own entertainment. Um, not drastically differently, but still differently. But other than that, no, I would never choose a point of view based upon what a reader, what I think my readers are going to want to see, or pairing, or, um, because clearly, like I said, if I was choosing based on pairing, clearly all you bitches just want him to be getting down with Bruce Banner, because I'm I'm not talking I'm not talking about it's a little bit more popular. It's ridiculous how much more popular that story is than anything else I've written. It's based upon Page views. Um, it's a little bit hard to compare it to *Emergence* because *Emergence* has an ebook, um, and so a lot of people don't ever hit the site again once they download the ebook. So look like at something that doesn't have. It's um, so like let's say *If Found*, which has not been around quite as long, but it's the, you know six months later. Um, it's four times the number of hits as *If Found*. Wow, I know. So it's just I, I, it's just. Sometimes I'm like I have a little bit of a head scratch over that that it's it's so much more popular than, than even the next story down. Um, and so if I was considering, um, you know, how my readers are going to respond to things, I would look at things like because um, I actually looked at this my I I actually had never visited this page before <laughs> to see what my most popular page hits were for all time, I'd never been to it before, because it wasn't until this, because I actually was curious about what is, if readership was draw, driving my decisions, what would I be writing? And I went, huh, apparently I'd be doing crossovers with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> but it doesn't drive my decisions. Uh, and certainly it wouldn't drive, I, I, I wouldn't let readership de- determine what point of view I'm gonna write in. Um, or what genres I was going to explore or whatever. And I, I consider my readers when I when I think about what I'm going to warn about, you know, so that I don't, because yeah. sometimes, sometimes I go to a little bit darker place than I know some of my readers want to go. So I care, carefully consider my warnings. Um, but other than that, you know, I, I write what entertains me. I think it's important to always write for yourself. Um, It's um, writing for other people um, leads you down a deeply dissatisfying path. Incredibly unsatisfying. Um, I, um, back in the X-Files days, we did a lot of... Uh, the, I only participated the first time, really. Um, when there'd be, like, a natural disaster or something, people would do charity donations of stories for charity, right? So it's like mm-hmm. people could buy your time. Um, you know, they'd, buy you by, like, buy, they'd buy your stories by, like, by the hundred words, and they'd tell you what kind of plot you would want to write. And, um, I, you know, the, the organizer of one of these charity drives wrote me and said, and the way it was all handled was the person just had to send you a receipt for the charitable donation made to the right charity within a certain time period, and then they would have considered, you know, have and you would tell them how many stories you were willing to write or how many thousand words or whatever. And I think it was something like, I want to say it was like $5 per hundred words or something like that. I, I don't I'm really genuinely remember. horrified already. I, I know. Okay, go ahead. I. I signed up to us, thinking, I think, you oh, know, this is a good thing. I'll, I'll support this fundraising effort for this natural disaster. And it was terrible. It was terrible because people wanted me to write some weird-ass shit. Um, and it wasn't even that it was weird-ass. It, it, the weird-ass stuff was especially hard to get through. Like, what is this? Um, so the stuff that was really weird to me. Was really difficult to get through, but it was all difficult to get through because it just felt so unnatural oh. to be given a story prompt, not 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 like a here's a word. To Do you guys hear her? Is what it what she... just me that died? Okay, go ahead. H- huh? I I I stopped hearing you talk. It was me. Oh, um, so it, it wasn't just um like here's a word. Go write something. It was detailed story prompts. Like I want, I want these six or seven elements, and I was miserable. I was miserable, and I finally got, I got like halfway through. The people who had bought me, <laughs> I've never felt so cheap in my whole life because those bitches did not pay enough for me to suffer that much. Um, and I got like halfway through, and I just, I just, I just sent those people back their money. I said I'll consider it my donation is the cash. I'm giving you your money back because I can't. And a bunch of them said, "No, no, don't worry about it." I'm like, "I can't." I guess the point. I got halfway through. I'm like, "I can't do this anymore. It was making me miserable. I, I can't write to what other people want. And you'll um, be terrible." I know there are a lot of writers out there who are, in a way, writing that way. They're they're writing by committee on A O three in their comment section, and and that way, sometimes the story gets finished, but a lot of stories wind up abandoned by the author because they don't know what to do. You know, they wind up writing themselves. Because writing by committee leads to plot holes, inconsistencies, characterization problems, um, and then sometimes the author inspiration just. Inspiration problems? Yeah, and sometimes the author just isn't interested in what the committee came up with. Somebody said that sometimes even just a pairing can be a problem, um, because I really am into pairing Tony with a variety of partners. But actually, the list of people I would pair him with is fairly small compared to the number of um, possible pairings in fandom. So I I could never even just write to a pairing. I would have to say I I will I I could write, you know, Tony with these you know 15 people. But just anybody with Tony or just any pairing, I couldn't do it. I, could, I couldn't even just, even with that little limitation, I couldn't do it. Because somebody might want me to write, you know, Tony with Hannibal Le- Lecter, and then I would just, you Ooh. know. i just have to buy my way out of that mess, too. <laughs> I think you'd be in the hole by the end of that conversation. Um, I uh, I did some pin, some. Pin- Some what? Been like a pitch hit, you know, because the person who was supposed to do it backed out. Um, it just isn't my cup of thing. It isn't my thing. I think we did. You lose me, or did you lose her? You were you were gone there for the first part of that. You started to mean? say you'd done some pinch hitting, and then you came back in. Nothing. And explain what? Mm. Can you hear can me now? Hear uh, anyways, I just didn't enjoy the... I mean, it was okay. I just wouldn't do it again. <laughs> Stupid Skype. Uh, but, uh... Yeah, it just wasn't any fun. Um, I've never really enjoyed writing on spec either. Uh, and, and Writing on spec is when you do a proposal. Um... And that's usually your own idea, but there have been times where I've been offered projects where, okay, hey, we're going to do an anthology. Um, it needs to be this, this, and this. Can you do this? And, like, how many words? And how much do I get paid? <laughs> because that's mercenary as fuck, right? Mm-hmm. I don't care. <laughs> how much do I get paid? <laughs> and what's my percentage on royalties? And when do you need it? So, yeah. Anyways. Um, We're down to a minute. A half, a minute. We're down to a minute, and um I hope this was informative, or at the very least, entertaining. That's very. I'm sure it was. It was, for, it was for me, and and since I just spent <laughs> a whole bunch of time saying I don't care what anybody else thinks, that's all that matters. Say <laughs> okay, good night. Good night, everyone. <laughs> shut up, shut, shut up, up and sit up, down. And sit down. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sorry.